Hi, everybody. Welcome to No Story is Sacred. If you've never listened before, basically we're four siblings who grew up talking about the art of storytelling. Now that we're adults, we're still talking about it, and we're inviting you to join the conversation. I'm Brendan, and I wish the goblins would take my siblings away <gasps> right no, no, now. No, no, no. Oh, you fucker. What were All we right. just saying? We just uh, uh, do, do the wait. Do the Fae have a, a, a sarcasm clause? <laughs> what do you think? No, <laughs> explicitly not. Uh, by the way, uh, so I'm really looking forward to my solo podcast adventures now. Um, wow, uh, wow. See if see if we have to be with you comedy anymore. Uh, wow, you guys have not gone to a single one of my improv shows. That's why I did it. Oh my god, we've been I've to so many of them. Online. So many. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> we we gave suggestions. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> you did. Uh, consistently. Wait, somebody um, go next, because I have a joke that I really want to get to. <laughs> I'm Pippin, and you have no power over me. Ooh. Ooh. Well, and do uh, what I just did, thanks. <laughs> In response to Pip, I'm Alex. And you keep on saying that. I wonder what your basis of comparison is. Oh, um, and I'm Cat, and hey, well, guys, there's like an owl um hitting my window. Should I, shoot like it? Like a big, like a big white yeah, one. Shoot it. Should I? I don't. It looks. It looks injured, guys. I think I should let it in. No, what no, did no. Brandon say at the top of this? Don't worry shoot about it. it. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Wait, but, but one second. Go on. Foley artist here. <laughs> just start screaming. <laughs> Who? Who? <laughs> Wait, now can somebody do glitter, 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 glitter? Glitter, 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 glitter. Wait, and Jack. Okay, who's who's the uh, the giggling and rustling goblins? I feel like that'd be Pippin. Ah. Oh no, Al's got this. Yeah, there yeah. You go. Anyway, so uh, big owl, uh, guy tight pants in here. I got, I got, I got to take this, guys. Okay, so bye, bye. <laughs> Son of a bitch, she ditched so us again. So many, so many of our recordings end with Kat going off with a man in tight pants. <laughs> who just appeared at her, the window of her third floor apartment. And does he have fangs? I have to say, yeah, that's a I, classic original Buffy joke, which is, you know, I'm hungry, you're floating! <laughs> Good times. We should do the original Buffy is what we should do. Original Buffy um, is fucking great. In its anyway. way. Oh, yeah. Anyway, anyway uh, all of this to say, <laughs> uh, today we're talking about the 1986 movie Labyrinth. Are so we? spoilers, I, I suppose so. Or we're just going to talk about tight pants. Um, spoilers I mean. abound, including pants, apparently. <clears throat> pants, 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 pants. Everybody. <laughs> uh, if you want specific content warnings about things we may talk about, check out the show notes on nostorysacred.com. Although, uh, heads up, we are probably going to be talking about, uh... Kidnapping? Uncomfortable age differences. And also large balls. <laughs> juggling said balls. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I bet Contact juggling, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, so content warning for weird sexual energy, and I apologize in advance. You should. So you much really of this should. is your fault. My goodness. Uh, yeah, listen, I know what I did. So, for those of you who've never seen Labyrinth, the summary according to Google, oh, this should be good, uh, is, Teenage Sarah journeys through a maze to recover her baby brother from a goblin king. That's huh. it. That's the story. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's it. I mean, to be fair, yeah, okay. Yeah. And to the movie's credit, it just hops right in there. Barely, like, like not even, like, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, 11 that's minutes, a uh, typical uh, typical hook for a movie. Uh, um, well, t- well uh, 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 we get the introduction of, uh, you know, of set- <laughs> I'm used to a little bit faster. If you consider, for instance, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, uh, is, As we so often do. Indeed. It's literally two minutes in and you get the love interest, i.e. Sam Wilson. You get <laughs> their, their burgeoning friendship and you get Captain America's enormous moral problem. That's not Bucky. The other one. Um, and, and he's already off on his fucking sadness less, uh, errands by minute three. But the inciting thing, I think, doesn't really happen until like we are on the boat and all that. On a boat, motherfucker. But anyway, we're not talking it. about Captain America the Winter Soldier yet. Yet. Um, <laughs> I, I will say that the Labyrinth, or just Labyrinth, it's not the Labyrinth, even though I keep wanting it to be. Labyrinth is an hour and 40 minutes long, and it doesn't feel like it. Nope. Like, there, are, we have done much shorter movies than this that have felt much longer. Well, there are some odd things. Well, yeah. The I think you could agree. There are some odd things. Such as... <laughs> a movie from the 80s starring David Bowie has odd things. And the Jim Henson creature shop. Such as the sheer number of musical parts. And I think the only reason they're saved is because it's it's David fucking Bowie. So <laughs> they're weird, but they're good music. Well, dance, dance magic. magic. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, Pip. Thank you. We're good. I mean, most people are familiar, at least passingly, with Dance Magic Dance. I mean, come are on. Are they? Are they? I bet they would be. <laughs> That's a different thing. <laughs> if they aren't, they should be. If, if you, they aren't, listen, it means they are out of touch, not us. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kids. The, the kids. kids who are wrong. <laughs> Listeners, if you've never listened to Dance Magic, just pause us. Go yep. over to the music program of your choice Mm -hmm. listen to dance magic have it all bop around uh then babies said um wow and then when you're done with that not even acknowledging what alex did um, (laughs) when you're done with that come back to us a better person if you can see the the clip of it so you can also see david bowie in those pants and high heels that you keep hearing about <laughs> while singing dance, mi- uh, dance magic dance, and and do not forget the writing crop. The writing crop is also present. <laughs> there are no horses in this film, or I would venture to say, in the the land of goblin. Oh, okay. there's a riding dog. Yeah, yeah and just, there's no horses. He makes horses. He makes horse sounds. That's true. Oh, oh God! All right, I'm not gonna. I, I can't. I can't deal with that. <laughs> Listen, there are clearly things you ride in that Pippin. world. Pippin. Peregrine Anne. Listen, <laughs> I did not mean it that way, but I knew how it was going to come across before I said it, and really, I think that might be worse. Yes! <laughs> anyway, anyway, you guys, should uh-huh. we talk about what happens in this movie? Sure. The plot, such as it is. No, there's a real plot. I know, I just like saying such as it is. Oh, okay. It's just a very simple plot, I would say. So I guess I mean Google covered it. Amateur LARPer Sarah, um 
Drama kid, sorry. Drama, drama kid, theater kid, or at least future daughter theater of, kid. Uh, daughter of d- now deceased actress, whose final play, or at least a very big one, was Labyrinth. Oh, I totally missed that detail. Oh, yeah. It's all around her bedroom. Her bedroom is like, it is everything. It, Jareth is, a, Jareth the Goblin King is literally a statuette on her table. All of the various people from that she meets in there are in there, including, and there's artwork, plot points, and, uh, her mirror and, and, uh, uh, everything is covered in old cutouts of, of her mother, the actress. And also, a famous bit of a kiss. There are, there's no kissing in this movie, but there's more than one article about, like, this famous dramatic kiss she had. Of the, of, of the mom had it, that she has peppered around her room. And at the end of the film, she is in fact taking down those because she no longer needs them, etc. Well, she learned to put away childish things. Indeed. Um, but yeah, so Sarah, uh, in the beginning is practicing, uh, a monologue. You know, my kingdom is as great as yours, something. Uh, <laughs> and my, uh, uh, something is great. Um, uh, you have no power over me, which she does at the very beginning of the movie. And it makes for a good capstone at the end. Nope. She does oh, not she, remember the line, you have I no power she, over me. I thought she mentioned it. She, she reads it, it from the thing. Yeah. And she she's like, damn, it. I always forget that. The critical moral of the story line. <laughs> I keep on forgetting it. The best line in that little speech. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> See, I'm reminded of, uh, was it like a satire piece you wrote once, Cat, years ago? Oh, possibly. Like, uh, though pieces come by way of dove. Dove. <laughs> in uh, the end, we went through... What is that could, word? What could that last word be? <laughs> I, uh, so listening audience at the time, I had been um, a slush reader for Tor, Tor books for many, many years. Uh, and uh, I had read quite a lot of um, fantasy, let's say. Bad um, fantasy. No. No? I would say people who had put a lot of heart and soul into their work. It was perhaps not ready for tour to publish. That's a very diplomatic answer. Thank you. I noticed some commonalities <laughs> in what I read. Um, and uh, as catharsis for myself, and also because I thought it was funny. I, <laughs> How old were you at this time? Just I cannot, comp- I, I, uh, be, uh, I cannot uh, 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 divulge that. Were you an asshole youth in general? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, uh, frankly, I, I do not want anybody doing the math. <laughs> Being like, wait a wait, second. We're all in our 20s. What are you talking about? There you go. Yeah. Um, at, weirdly, uh, dad helped at the time. Um, but most of the, I, I recall most of the really terrible lines being mine. And it was, uh, just the opening scene to a terrible fantasy novel with a elf maiden who only notices in the first few pages of the book that she is half elf. Because she looks in a river and sees her reflection and realizes <laughs> she has pointy ears. <laughs> Thereby getting, for, for the listening audience, getting the classic uh, look in a mirror to describe your main character. But it's a fucking river, so it's not going to happen. And the, you know, she noticed her, you know, uh, uh, incredibly long legs. It's like, really? For the first time right now? Is another thing. <laughs> uh, this is the one that had the line in a... Wait, yeah, it's, it, there was a pro- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a chosen one. Um, and you're right, because the story didn't start with her discovering that she's half elf. It starts with her birth. Um, and oh, it's like a, God. <laughs> and, uh, 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 unfortunately, her, her 
mother, I think both her parents die in the middle of it, but I remember how her mother dies, which is in a burst of blood and baby, she died. (laughs) (laughs) So she's this half elf maiden. She's going to go to a tavern to get some nut brown ale because I too have read Tough Guide to Fantasyland. Um, And she had a prophecy that she had been carrying around since childhood or something, since, since she had been raised by monks or whatever the fuck. And the prophecy was a rhyming couplet of, uh, (laughs) that Brendan has adequately described <laughs> i'm sorry i meant but, accurately um it was uh, but here's yeah. the, here's the thing yeah none of that is the reference <laughs> well brendan had a point yeah just which yeah is but i that forgot what it was it was that the ending line uh feels a little bit like it should be like you have no power of me is a pretty like that's that's a natural conclusion yeah to the <laughs> but thematically the audience has no reason to know what the last line is so you know we can follow along with her saying you know, damn, I I always forget that line. He's like, okay, well, we didn't know it either, but now we know it. If she d- pulls that shit again, then we're like, okay, what? Really though, it's a line you can remember. It's not that fucking hard. Yeah. But she doesn't pull it again. It is, in fact, the the caps to either end of the film. Yeah. It yeah. shows her character growth. <gasps> it's it's true. literally what, how she's changed, you guys. But here's the thing: I was just being a jerk and wow. making fun of it. <laughs> oh. Wow. So. Hey. Hey, there's some truth in that, Bran. There is. So to get past the first five minutes of the movie. First of all, how dare you? The first five minutes are crucial because when I was a child, that cemented my first queer crush. Uh, I mean, Jennifer Connelly, I don't blame you. Jennifer Connelly having peak queer energy of, do I want to be her or do I want to be with her? And I was like, six. <laughs> I didn't understand this feeling. I just wanted to watch more Jennifer Connelly. I came to understand Good it job. later. Thank you. <laughs> but the uh, point is, uh huh, the story. I really want to try to just keep distracting Pippin. But the point is, Merlin the dog reminds her that she has to get home. Bark, bark. Because <laughs> he's a well, good boy, and uh, and she lives in like uh, fucking Westchester. Uh, yeah, Mount Kisco, Armonk, somewhere around there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you'll never Fun. guess where Jim Henson lived. Oh, fun uh, fact, we knew from our grandma, because she was friends with the retail uh, real estate ladies. Jim yep. Henson's home's uh, uh, mailbox was painted Kermit Green. Aww. Yep. So yeah, that's how you could find it uh, in, in Westchester there. Uh, yep. But yeah, we go home. Uh, she gets yelled at by... Uh, the Wicked Stepmother. The Wicked Stepmother, who... It seems like, not not Wicked, really, just her and her dad want to just have a freaking date night come on <laughs> you never ask me if i have plans we want you to have plans you never oh, have saying plans. I'm, you're saying i'm unpopular fine it's like oh my god there's no winning and that's true Teenagers, unfortunately no. sarah is a teenage girl uh, so <laughs> these so things it happen was, <laughs> it was not going to be a happy night no matter what happened this y'all, is i'm true. not sure you're aware being a teenage girl sucks <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah. Does it, Pippin? So, so uh, just the wicked stepmother and father just want to have freaking date night because, come on, they don't want to spend another night in the house. I understand that, especially with a young toddler there, because there's the younger stepbrother, Toby. Oh, half-brother. Oh, no. Half-brother. Yeah, half-brother. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, half-brother. Oh, the and, and, you know, knowing as we do from the setup of – no, we don't know it yet. We know there's a wicked stepmother. She's about to – and then she runs into her room, and then we get – uh, all the very quickly moving exposition that you can't see. Well, I mean, that you don't realize is exposition until many viewings later. Yeah, so, that we already mentioned. Yeah. 
So it's a stepmother, uh, we know that, and and half-brother, although it's not explicit. So... Uh, and like, can you watch your brother for one night? He's already put down. <laughs> right? He's asleep, just, yo, make sure burglars don't break in through the door. She's like, or, or I could get really fucking pissy about the one stuffed animal I've noticed is out of place and wake him the fuck up. I'm like, oh, so that's why your parents don't like going out. Okay. <laughs> And she failed the one fucking job she had. Yep. <sighs> so Which I'm sure thing... we've all had that experience <laughs> where you oh, have yeah. one job. One job. One job. She was. Don't. Yeah. Uh, she was a teenager. TM. Yes. Uh, I've never done anything wrong in my life. Sure. First of all, Pippin, uh, the, the length of your nose is, is interfering with the microphone. Um, if you could just uh, quit that. Quit all that fucking lying. Um, that'd be great. Thanks. Uh, how dare you? <laughs> so, one thing leads to another, and... I like how Pippin's uh, not allowed to finish it as a friend. <laughs> oh. Were you saying something, Pip? <laughs> I, I was earlier going, so one thing leads to another. Okay. But we kept interrupting her, and then finally... It, although I'm now interrupting you, so it's it's levels. There's levels here. So, <laughs> as we both said, Pip... Moo. <laughs> One I'm thing interrupting cow. One thing leads to another, and three years passed. <laughs> if only. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and Sarah wishes for her brother to be taken by the Goblin King. Yep, she's basically. annoyed. She's she's done with it. She she repeats uh, a plot point from the play. Who knew? What? Uh, she's telling him a story. Uh, it's, it's meant to be scary. It's the thinly veiled version of her life. Uh, it. He doesn't really have language, so <laughs> means nothing to him. Not sure what she was trying to accomplish. Uh, she just wanted to have feelings all over the place. And little does she know, <gasps> the goblins are listening in. Hell yeah, they are. And when she first says it, uh, uh, she, when she's directly quoting, she's like, ah, uh, she, uh, she has to actually mean it. Uh, she has to say, I wish. Oh, because oh, yeah. the first original line was, Goblin King, Goblin King, take, take this child far away from me or something and all the goblins are like ah that's not the line <laughs> you have to say i wish so then she says i wish i didn't know the words to take you away which is a wish right now was the other uh, uh i i, I said then, the actual line when i wished you guys away don't do it again <laughs> Wait, uh, what, three I'll times making, i'll i'll start making changeling jokes and then you'll be real sorry <laughs> listen Nobody is take, being taken away by the fair folk tonight. You know, you're just challenging them now, Pippin. The fuck? I'm holding some iron right now. I've got haze, like I, I've got Hawthorne above my door and cold iron. What the fuck have you guys got? I, I've got so We had a whole a mini-sode early on. <laughs> we had a whole mini-sode early on about what to take with us. And, in and case Brendan's of a pulling a theory. scully. Yeah. Firm, solid disbelief. Which in and of itself can work. I'm just saying, you let them know to their faces that you don't believe in them. Fuck yeah, they respect uh, that. Oh yeah. Anyway. Now, if David so, Bowie shows up here and is like, hey, Brendan, what's up? And I'm like, screw you. Whoa, you whoa. ain't real. <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is that if David Bowie shows up to your door, it's actually a different concern. Uh, oh, that's a very fucking good point. Brendan, they always come back wrong. Uh, don't do it. That's anyway. True. Anyway. <clears throat> so... Buttons. Toby, the baby, gets taken by the Goblin King. Jareth, played by David Bowie, shows up and goes, Hey, what up, Sarah? Did what you asked. Aren't I cool? What up, girl? 
she's clearly entered into a different state. She's entered the story because she doesn't go, oh, fuck, there's a strange fucking man in my house. She doesn't go, like, scream, call the cops. She doesn't do anything. She's like, ah, I see. We've now entered the story. <laughs> uh, I would like my brother back, please. Uh, and they're both all like, uh, no, there's a strict no return policy. <laughs> Uh, I believe you requested this specifically, and we do believe in customer service. So, uh, aren't I such a good person? But uh, you know what? Doing the thing you asked. I am such a gentleman and a nice person. You do get to have the one night special, uh, do this harrowing journey, and you get your brother back uh, extravaganza. And isn't that just another metaphor for customer service? Sure, we'll do it, but you have a bunch of hoops to go through first. Yeah, <laughs> you have to go through the queue. Yeah. <laughs> Hoping you'll hang up and just deal with whatever the fuck happened. Deal with the fallout with your stepmother later. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So uh, he takes her to the beginning of the labyrinth and goes like, okay, get Here's to a map the- painting. <laughs> get to this castle in the center uh, in 13 hours. You can have your brother back. Why you'd want him, I don't know, but fine. <laughs> Here's your quest. What is your quest? We seek the to Holy seek Grail. seek the Holy Grail. Yeah. I don't think you and I should hang out anymore. That's the second That's time we've done this. Bentley. Yeah, I know. So uh, he goes off to, you know, sing in his castle because he's David fucking Bowie. The songs aren't going to sing themselves. Um, and she starts going through the labyrinth. And she goes through a series of perils that are also metaphors. And she meets Metaphors? In my and, play? <laughs> and she meets many Muppets ab- along the way. All of whom are suspiciously similar to uh, creatures and stuffies in her room. Weird. But creepy versions of them, because things are not as they seem. Because, like, what, we got Hoggle right yep, off the got, bat? Oh, yeah. Uh, which is the uh, the dwarf bookend from uh, her bookshelf, which is also uh, on either side of uh, various fairy tales. Uh, and he's the one who initially starts helping slash hindering her uh, hmm. trip through the, the labyrinth. Uh, and who, throughout the show, uh, Jareth uh, pretty much corners and goes, like, hey, help me fuck with her life. And, and he's like, oh, okay, I guess. But I'm starting to like her. Uh, and Hoggle is a coward, so we'll pretty much go with whoever's in his face at the moment. Yeah. And eventually he, you know, gets a bit of courage through friendship, but... Eh. The power. The power of love. The real labyrinth is the friends we made along the way. Um, <laughs> There's um, later... Uh, uh, the the uh, creatures that are uh, basically doing the role of the Lotus Eaters uh, in this various odyssey... Uh, the ones who take off their heads, uh, and, and try to encourage her to also take off her head. And if she's Just not going to, she's free, gonna... baby. Mm-hmm. Nah. Uh, mm-hmm. R is a, uh, a reflection of a, of, in fact, a puppet that's in her room. Uh, Sir Didymus, she... the hot fox. I'm sorry, the fox knight. <clears throat> you didn't hear me. Uh, Ludo, also stuffy. The... Ludo, Ludo's the stuffy. where the wild, th- Ludo, the where the wild things are, are, uh, mm-hmm. and friend to the rocks. Yep. Oh, and uh, the labyrinth itself is a, a labyrinth puzzle game that we had when we were but we chots uh, at Grandma's house again. It's a very grandma centric episode. Indeed. Also, Didymus's horse clearly is was Merlin. Merlin. And again, the dog. Which, which demonstrates because it's very obviously like this isn't like a metaphor moment. It's like no, it, it's clearly her dog, but she's not recognizing it as such. So. This is a dreamscape slash metaphor that she's like busy being in. Yeah. What was in the whose brownies she had? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, through the course of her adventures, she ends up in an oubliette, 
Hell yeah. Which is where we all learned the word oubliette, I believe. Oubliette. <laughs> and oubliette. just fun to say. Oubliette. Uh, she, you know, goes to the Bog of Eternal Stench. Uh, she has a, uh, uh, she gets enchanted, uh, uh, with a peach, which is not at all symbolic, uh, that had been turned out of a, one of Jareth uh, the Goblin King's balls, juggling balls, guys, um, which previously had represented her dreams that he had promised her if she wanted, you know, do you want your dreams or do you want to go save that dumb baby? And she's like, I guess I, I need to save the dumb baby. He's like, okay. Uh, that dream is later turned into the peach. The peach is fed to her by Hoggle. It's a betrayal. And it is, in fact, a dreamscape that is her having a dance with uh, the Goblin King? A dance, you say, with, well, with finger quotes. <laughs> Are we talking rep- Doctor Who dance? <laughs> she's... <laughs> She's represent uh, in this case. She's actually uh, representing see, the uh, the 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 music box doll. The tune is the same as the one that the music box plays, uh, and she is dressed like the doll. Uh, and it's a um, it's a Masquerade dance party. at the it's a ball at the uh, somewhere in the magical realm. Humans are there, but they are all masked, and they are having, frankly, a um, lascivious and lewd time. Uh, there's various sinful acts going on, drinking and overeating and, and flirting and skirts going up and so on. Uh, uh, surprising for a children's film. An eyes wide shut moment. <laughs> yeah, actually, yes. Um, and she is search, uh, David Bowie is singing soulfully in the background, uh, but not, uh, diegetically. <laughs> and she is lost and searching for him. Um, and meanwhile, he is watching her from various angles until finally they start dancing together. Um, and it's weirdly romantic. And she's supposed to be like 15. a lot of thoughts about that whole scene. And then, um, and it seems like it's, it seems like it's a romantic moment. And then he leaves her and, and then she is lost again and is betrayed. Uh, and then she breaks out of the music box because, uh, her will is stronger. Yep. Mm hmm. Uh, and then actually, my will is as strong as yours. Si- my kingdom is great. You have no power of me. It I is. remembered. Uh, and also there's a very nice little practical effect in terms of like, weirdness which is uh when she breaks when she bursts the bubble guys and uh uh the party begins to dissipate and you know various people go flying up in the air and it's but it's also like slow-mo and it, it really evokes the dreaminess of this unreality yeah and then she wakes up in a trash heap as one does Whomst among us <laughs> <laughs> but the trash heap made of her her child of her childhood toys one of the genuinely creepy parts of this film. Okay. So in, begin- in the beginning, there's, I, I would say, that classic horror tropes of the, uh, the, when the baby gets, uh, stops crying suddenly, when the babysitter's out in the hall, and you go back in and the lights won't turn on, uh, and meanwhile there's something shaking and making funny noises under the baby's blanket that you can't quite see, and you're like, that does not sound like baby. A lot of horror tropes right there. You don't know my baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then, in this part, you have a lot of horror depends on the safe and recognizable becoming unsafe, um, becoming or betraying again, betraying, uh, and so on. So in this case, she's in a trash heap. She meets yet another fucking Muppet, uh, one of the more creepy ones, whose name I happen to know, I think, is Agnes, um, because these are all Brian Froud characters as well. He is an artist of elves and whatnot. And uh, this is a short-statured woman who is carrying a whole heap of shit on her back. Um, that, that goes up and over her head. And, um, Sarah is, is freaking out gently as one does when waking up in a trash heap. Mildly amnesic. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and she's like, I just want to go home. And Agnes is like, oh, okay, there you go. And opens a door in the trash heap and there's Sarah's fucking room. Like, let's say the same set somehow, miraculously. How did they do it? Weird. Um, Sarah runs in the door, you know, and, and presumably the door closes and she's like, ah, I have awoken from my hideous dream. Let's go see if dad's home. And she opens the door and there is legit like, oh shit. Door opens. There's fucking Agnes. It was not a dream. She's there. It's creepy. Um, and she comes and crowds into Sarah's space, into the safe realm. Uh, so far before this, the only person who had made it into her room is her and her various protective things. Not even her dad could get into it earlier uh, when he was trying to, you know, make her feel better. So Agnes crowds in and uh, proceeds to sort of ruin the safe space and then tries to make Sarah build her own uh heap on her back of things that she couldn't possibly let go of. She needs it all. Um, so, you know, here's this stuffed animal and you love this. And Agnes knows all their names, um, all the little weird ones that, that Sarah's always called them. Um, does not pick up any of the, for instance, photos of her mother uh, or clippings or the play even. It's all these very obvious childhood toys and just starts heaping them on her while Sarah's like, ah, I feel like there is something I should be remembering. It's like, oh, it's probably this stuffed animal, right? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then she cracks the, you have no power over me thing, I think. I think. So she has something. It's all, it's all garbage. Yep. Uh, it's and, all junk. And, she, and Agnes does a, a, a creepy face and th- well done puppeteers. And, and she's like, no, this isn't, this is so important to you. You can't live without this. You need it. It's like, you need this. And she's like, no, I don't. And smashes her way out, uh, like a, uh, a newborn chick leaving an egg of trash. And yeah. the wall, and the walls come tumbling down, tumbling down, tumbling down. <laughs> And yeah, the implication I got was that uh, Agnes there was trying to make uh, Sarah into like another uh yeah. Like, yeah. garbage goblin. Yes, I believe so. Uh, yeah. Because Agnes fucking lives in that trash heap too. She's got stuff on her back. She carries uh, it with her. She couldn't let it and go. That's a parable about the dangers of uh nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And holding on to stuff that you – a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, there's a poem actually that I, I – reminds me of this, although I – in a less creepy way, um, which is, uh, I can't leave the girl I was, so I carry her. Mm. Right? And that's like, oh, I see. You want to hit me in the feels. Which it uh, hurt me in my feeling. <laughs> in your one feeling. So, um, so yeah. But in this case, it is a, you know, she has been, as we have seen, overly relying on, well, not overly relying, hiding under, hmm? Or, or letting those things weigh her down, trapping her. Etc. And and so what happens uh, next is that we get what like the assault on the the goblin city. Yeah, your classic action adventure climax. Yeah, lots of lots of hijinks ensue. Oh, shout Goblins out to Sir Didymus bold. again. Yeah, <laughs> Sir Didymus uh, just doing his level best. Sir Didymus uh, adding another one to the oh shit I'm supposed to find foxes hot. Well, okay. <laughs> List of childhood things. I believe Robin Hood takes that. No, no. <laughs> Robin Hood does, but let's say there's a late a late entry here in Zootopia. <laughs> so uh, they attack the goblins. Well, they attack. They enter the goblin city. <laughs> uh, I the- have this whole. I'm not going to get into it, but I have a very convoluted theory about the backstory, and it doesn't involve accounting, but it's this close to actually doing so. Mm. Uh, and we're so they. And we're treated to a, a, a to a segment that, that lasts lasts a little bit too long. <laughs> oh, the hair. fighting in the city. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, with no well, first, with no music. There's a lot of technical achievements in it. Yeah, but also no music. Mm, That's true. It would have been boosted with music, yeah. There's music for everything else. But we, we get the whole uh, dramatic parting of ways with the friends, you know, uh, saying, ah, if you need us. Yeah, but 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 saying, yeah, we, we, we got your back emotionally. Should you need us? <laughs> yeah, should you need us? Uh, normally, I have to do this uh, on my own. It's bullshit. But since we're in a dreamland of metaphor... Yeah, and it is a dreamland of metaphor. Yeah. Uh, she had to go do it on her own. Uh, so she goes, she enters an M.C. Escher painting. Which is also on her wall in the background of... Actually, all of the posters are somewhere in her thing, but yeah. Yo, know, Toby's around there. Jareth uh, Starts is the- look, looking amazing and sings another song. Uh, but sings a creepy song. About how to be... Who's of gaslighting a relationship? What? what? Yeah. Uh, I move the stars for no one. <sighs> and, uh, then, and then she technically wins. She technically reaches her brother before the clock strikes 13. At which point it's revealed that's all a fucking joke anyway. Not, not joke, but... Uh, trick? He, he breaks the rules. The MC Escher thing falls apart, and now we are in the wreckage of the dreamland. And he himself looks haggard, and his his clothing is made of bone. Uh, he has a new costume. Cat apparently reads it as bone. I read it as a weird uh, fallen angel sort of thing. Mm. Or his glamour is starting to go. Ooh, yep, yep, yep. To be fair, that is that's a valid read as well. Um, and she's like, "What? What the fuck is this? You know, I followed the rules and shit like that." He's like, "Yeah, and so did I. I did too." And I gave you everything you wanted. You asked for your baby, your brother to get taken. I took him. You wanted me to be scary. I was frightening. Everything you want, I can be. Just let me rule you. Love me, fear me, do as I I say, and I will be your slave. And that's like, holy shit. That's some deep fucking shit for a kids movie. And that, which is, which is in its, in of itself a little bit like, yeah, kids movies can be really deep. In fact, many of them are almost, one would say, to the same proportion that adult movies are. Wow. Um, it's interesting to see something like that addressed. Cause I don't mm. think it happens as often these days. You got that, you got the Iron Giant, and what else? <laughs> ha. So, yeah, uh, he tries to do his last ditch. Don't leave me, <laughs> I love you. Uh, we, we can make this work, baby. I promise I won't do it again. Uh, I'm a man in my- You, you just make <laughs> me do these things. Mm. I'm played by a man in his, in his 40s, uh, and you're, you're a teenage girl. Well, nothing about this is weird, trust me. <laughs> we can make this work. And at which point she repeats, uh, the speech. Which she now times, remembers. Oh, sorry. This time remembers. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Stepped on uh, you. Just a little. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> This time she remembers, uh, you have no power over me. And at which point, uh. He looks both disappointed and like, well, fuck. The dream falls apart. She wakes up. She and Toby are safe back at home. And she gives him the toy, uh, mm-hmm. that she had originally been upset that he had. Uh, and then she goes back to her room and she is, what she's putting away are not the toys, but she's putting away the cutout articles of her mother. From her mirror. Mm. It is clearly the first part of putting away stuff, but it is the part she's putting away. And as she's putting it away, she sees uh, her friends from the labyrinth in the mirror. Uh, and they're like, just remember that if you need us, yes, we're still here. Should you need us? Because, you know, yeah, she's putting away childish things, 
But doesn't mean. But she says, "I do still need you. I'll always need you." And because even if yeah, oh god, because even if you put away the childish things as you grow up, you grow out of things. It was still important. It was still means things to you, and Mm -hmm. you're allowed to go back and enjoy them again. You just can't let it burden you. Yeah, you can't let it define you. And have a dance party in your room. Yeah. Listen, XKCD told us, if you want to have a ball pit in your apartment, you can, because we are adults and we get to choose what that means. Yeah. Uh, Great lesson. Um, But yeah, and that's that's the end of the movie. Oh, and David Bowie as an owl flies away going, you remind me of the babe. What babe? (laughs) The babe with the power. What power? Power of voodoo. Who do? You do. Do what? Remind Remind me of the babe. babe. Anyway, I am so proud that it took us the entire time <laughs> to get to. I know, listen, we got to the right moment. All right, let's actually talk about uh, some story changes here because honestly, we went way too deep into labyrinth there. I don't think uh, we did. I did think we what, get lost in the maze. Oh, oh, Pippin taking that. I, I was about to just disagree. Be like, no, I think we got too lost in um trying to tell terrible jokes right at the top. <laughs> <laughs> the, I think the plot summary we actually went pretty quick. Uh. <laughs> Cat, any uh, any paragraphs to say, or, or are you who's saying hang that? Hey, we already got right. the paragraphs. No, right? Oh, you think you did? Um, wait, I want to go first. Fuck. <laughs> go ahead. So we were talking about the dance scene. Uh, oh earlier. yeah, you had thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts about that scene. I love that scene. That's so good. But what what strikes me uh, is when uh, she leaves, when she breaks out, Jared. We see Jared's face for like not the first time in that scene. Um, but he takes a mask away. Uh, and for a second, he looks so sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and throughout the movie, we get, we, we cut to him in the castle, you know, with Toby hanging out with him. Where she cannot see him. Where she cannot see him. It's just him, Toby, occasionally the goblins. Uh, and he, you know, is watching her progress. At first, you know, sort of making fun of her because, you know, he's a jerk like that. Yeah. Uh, villain is a piece. Uh, but as it keeps going, he gets kind of confused. Oh, but why is she doing this? Uh, you know, just for a baby. Uh, that's just gonna turn into a, that he's gonna turn into a goblin. It's gonna be great. I think he says he's gonna be the next goblin king. And he looks like when, me. Yeah, he, he, has look, my he eyes. looks like me. Which, yeah. by the way, is also a little, little weird. Okay. <laughs> Different uh, theory. So when he looks sad when Sarah escapes the trap to go find Toby, my immediate thought was, oh, Jareth, who didn't come to save you? Oh. 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 Because that's what I think happened. Mm-hmm. So when they're writing the sequel to The Labyrinth, which is actually a thing, I read about it on Wikipedia, oh, it must God. be true. <laughs> oh, no. You know, there, are, there have been various plans about it over the various mm-hmm. times. I think as recently as February 2020, 20 jennifer connelly ex- acknowledged the existence of it though not if she had any part in it jennifer connelly or i riot <laughs> but i think it would be interesting to really go into how does the goblin king become the goblin king is it a series of stolen children mm-hmm. and if the moral of the labyrinth uh is you know growing up putting away childish things while acknowledging their importance then the story of Jareth and the Goblin King is about the traumas of childhood and the things you can't oh, get over. The quote from my poem. 
but in a bad way. Well, it doesn't sort of in a bad way to her too. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I want to, I want to delve deeper into Jareth's story and not necessarily Jareth, but mm. the, the Goblin King. Movie coming yeah. out 2025, Goblin King. <laughs> hmm. The dark, gritty reboot. Wait, I would posit that there is a relation to uh, uh, Sarah's mother's death and 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 that and the baby also disappearing, and one of them she can theoretically save, and the other one she couldn't. Um, and somehow Jareth fits into that. And well, actually, in that case, Jareth is death. I mean, he's also in the dance scene. They're all wearing. Uh, they're sort of Venetian masks, but also a lot like um Plague Doctor masks. Mm-hmm. And going back to my bone theory, uh, bone feud. <laughs> going back to the to the to the bone theory, um, he does look like death at the end, but you know, very glam death, but death. I mean, David Bowie. Um, and it, it it the way he talks and a lot of the puzzles within the labyrinth are very much like I imagine the logic puzzles of death. You know, death really likes chess. Shit like that. Um, following weird obscu- obscure rules. What happens when you break the weird obscure rules, and so on. Uh, mythologically speaking, and so I, th- I think that all kind of fits together as well. But it also is like, well, that means Pippin that if Jareth is uh, a little boy who never came home or wasn't brought, is he dead? And I think yes. Yeah. Um, but he's trapped because someone else can't let him go. Listen, and there you go. I'm just, I'm just sad for Jareth. Not for who he is, but for who he could have been. Mm-hmm. Poor mm-hmm. one out for Jareth. Hell yeah. And David Bowie. Fuck yeah. Come on, guys. Oh, David Bowie. Yeah. Who I did not realize had was uh, had, had that interesting eye condition when I was a child. I just did not understand what was going on with his face. Eye condition? Uh, yeah. Uh, he got hit in the head while on time. It caused his uh, pupil old in that eye to dilate. It's permanently uh, dilated. I just didn't know it, so I was just like, oh, look, David Bowie. Yeah, no, check it out next time. Uh, one of his pupils is permanently dilated. It, it gives a really fast, you know, fascinating appearance. And good he, and he well, leaned into it. He leaned into it. That's the good for him part. There you go. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my thing. Let's, let's, let's look at Jareth some more. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do mine. And it's not going to be paragraphs because I kind of gave, I added paragraphs to Pippins. And that was my depressing part of the day. And I, technically I could, I could rest on my laurels with that one. But I did say that I have a lot of theories about the origin goblin and construction city. of the goblins, I would say, society. I think that it is the remnants of a previous, more uh, 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 sophisticated culture. So far as we can see, they do not have a reasonable standing army. Uh, they don't. They have numbers on uh, several of their helmets, but written language is a little iffy. Most of the signage in the cities is actually iconographs because uh, you, that does not require written language. Um, they have a large uh, mechanical beast, which re- which would imply a great deal of metallurgy and whatnot. Uh, but uh, there's like the, the the goblin knows how to manipulate it, but not much more beyond that, and cannot fix it once it's broken. I have a new theory. I'm still talking, Pippin. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Is it bad when you get interrupted, cat? <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, and and uh, uh, you can see that they have matching armory, but again, no proper standing. Like the, the, there's no rhyme or reason to their uh, production. And in fact, everything's kind of fucked. Like, do you think any of those goblins could have actually done that kind of stonework to begin mm. with? But no, it's also kind of wrecky now. 
It's not being upkept. Kept up. And we generally see the goblins and, and the members of their society fucking around, you know, uh, 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 doing things for uh, uh, base entertainment and not for any other thing. So Would I you like to I, hear my theory now? Fine. Yes. So uh, the labyrinth is populated with uh, Sarah's uh, room, right? Yeah. Uh, what if the goblin of the city is Jareth from when he was a child? <gasps> from when he was stolen. And now it's corrupted with his misery. Oh my the reason there's no writing... He didn't understand it when he was taken. <gasps> oh my god. Simple numbers, that's all he could do. Oh shit. Uh simple puppetry, those were his toys. Those are his Oh my god. And you know why And the- he can't fix them cuz he couldn't fix them when he was baby. He doesn't know. And you know what else? Fixed. You know what? what? Okay, oh my god. There's there's two more things. Other thing, the reason it's it's also uh, uh, uh decrepit now is cuz he's dead. And two <laughs> Oh, it's just been a while since you've seen it. He's seen it, but oh, you go. Listen, I'm not going to go with that one. And two, yeah. this is very reflective of the ever classic Beauty and the Beast. Um, Tale as well as time. Uh, and I recognize that the Disney one came later, but again, people tell stories that they don't realize they're telling. And in this case, you may recall from the Disney film sometime later, uh, hmm. he's a fucking child when the, uh, uh, the magic Enchantress. person- Thank you. The Enchantress is like, you know what? You're rude. Bing! <laughs> and so... Get his, wrecked. <laughs> so his bullshit behavior <laughs> throughout is an overgrown child, which just put his and Belle's relationship a little iffy, to my mind. But whatever. There's well, so many... like 16. He was like, what? He was... I think somebody did the math, like on Cracked or something like that. And he was like 13. It was something bad. Because if you think... It's like... Because uh, the rose is supposed to last, what, 18 years or something? Five years? Something like that. Ten years. Sounds like... Yeah. Uh, and then... I, I forget. Point is, he was a kid. And anyway. that was a jerk move from the Enchantress. <laughs> Listen, the kids gotta learn manners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, Beauty and the Beast. And also, uh, following up, and, and supports your theory. All yeah. your theories. I'm always right. There you go. Oh, so the point of... Uh, so, uh, again, going back to my thing about stories where I come up with a concept, but then I have to think of, like, the actual plot and the actual heart. In this case, so I, the concept is that this is a failed society, uh, or rather the the ending part of it. So the story would be... And the heart is that Jareth is, is whatever. Um, and then the story is um, the rebuilding of the city. and Or it's one plucky goblin who suddenly... Uh, basically has a spark of consciousness. It's it's one of those robots suddenly gain a soul type thing, except it's a goblin. I mean, Hoggle. Oh, there it is. Thank you. Yeah? There hmm. it is. Uh, and you know, it actually there takes a look around. It's like, ah, oh, I've now achieved consciousness, and this is fucked, guys. <laughs> <laughs> look at it. It's got an anxiety. <laughs> You've ruined a perfectly good goblin. <laughs> <laughs> that internet joke deserves so many props. Cool. Uh, right. So that's me. See, I so, didn't do paragraphs. I just made Pippin do it for me. <laughs> well, my thing is uh, more cuts, but I am going to say uh, that, uh, well, uh, well, your take is interesting. I'm just going to say uh, that uh, Jareth is, uh, is an owl that, <laughs> that learned magic. <laughs> so you're just going to straight up with Beast Chiari. Beast yeah. Chiari. <laughs> there, you, there you go. You, there you it is. Well, like uh, as I was saying, and at the end, his uh, at the end, it's his glamour that's fading. And you know what his, his uh, cape thing looks like? Oh, shit! Feathers. Feathers. I just sent you guys a picture. Yeah, he oh, did. Well, also, the bone thing is like what what gets left behind in bird poop, owl poop, yeah. rather. 
I like how you're desperately trying to save your thing, even though mine and Alex's both work better. <laughs> and, and mine still works, because owls know fuck all about oh, hold up. <laughs> about oh, oh, letters. And, uh... Owl takes a look at a forge and says, I don't know what <laughs> the fuck you're trying to tell me. Uh, but no, uh... But that's, and uh, we all know owls reproduce by stealing children. But I'm going to say hey, that the that this this film could use a few who uh, cuts. <gasps> uh, How dare you? Or at least maybe a bit of digital remastering, remastering uh, on the uh, fire uh, pu- on the fire puppets that uh, were ripping off their heads because that green screen did not last. They were trying so hard, but yeah, yeah, it, it was new stuff back then. I feel then. like it they so could have cool. painted it out, though. You know, hmm. probably, uh, but that would have taken a lot of work and probably a lot of extra money. Yeah, yeah, we ran out of money, so screw it. <laughs> yeah, a valid way to approach things, to be honest. No, so like maybe on a like, digital remaster, just 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 some generous use of a crop tool and maybe a better or, or maybe a better jungle background. Or forest background. Huh. And would you also uh, rework the uh, assault on the Goblin City like you were mentioning before? Yeah. Uh, just to pace it out better. Or uh, I, I get it. You want to dedicate some time um, for, to some good old-fashioned old puppet physical comedy. But it gets... They are really cool puppets. They yeah. Mm-hmm. But it gets boring quick. I would say... I actually get bored of the songs, guys. The the song no. when they're dancing is great, like in the in the music box because that also is reflective. The the song you know uh, from uh, when the, she's running around the Escher painting, sure, dance baby dance. It's catchy. Mm. It's unnecessary. Here's the thing. No, do you want to know what it shows? What he is- fucking likes the baby, unlike Sarah. That's a Ooh, good point. Actually, contrast. he does like the baby. Um, he he's having com- a great fucking time with him. Dance baby dance. Toby was laughing. Oh, yeah. Dancing. We see his little foot. Yeah. Getting tossed up and down. Very high in the air. Too high. Too high. I might say. Well, he's magic, so, yeah. Yeah. That's very true. And Baby it's said... jump magic as well. It is jump so, magic. come on. True. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I just thought of something. Um yeah. And I, I've lost it again. So, there you go. Oh, it was that I'm right. Oh, was it though? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, Pippin, hey, um, can you, uh, you might want to stand up and, and back away from the microphone a little bit because I noticed that you're, uh, we're getting the sounds of the flames of your pants on fire. So if you could just back up maybe and, and, uh, cause and Brendan doesn't want to have to edit that out. No, that's the flame of the burning rage that f- uh, fills my soul. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that one's really loud, Pip. Um, <laughs> all consuming. Can really. you watch some episodes of Ted Lasso so you can just kind of, have oh. you finished the second season? No, not yet. Oh, well, that, Kevin, stop. <laughs> stop right there. Listen, my rage has still has reason. Uh, <laughs> which we will talk to you about later. <laughs> Alex, do you have anything else? Um, eh, nah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so that's me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's the thing. I'm going to change the final confrontation. Dun, dun, Wait. dun. Which one? The Escher or the Broken World? The Broken World thing. I want to tweak Ooh. it around. Wait, wait, wait. wait because... Brent, wait, Ben. Before you... Who's, who's that? What, uh, what do you think Sheriff is? <laughs> uh, magic guy. 
Wow. Very good. Oh, you're just going a straight magic user. Okay. Hey, sorcerer. Fairies, whatever. Um, Well, the enchantress. Anyway. So, um, so what I do is rather than just go through the rote, uh, ending of the play, which Mm -hmm. is what is as written there in Labyrinth, I want to break from that. Mm-hmm. And like she's kind of going through the motions, which is basically, as we established earlier, like her mother's motions and all that. But I kind of want to go in the angle of, you know, self-actualization into being your own person. Ooh, what? Sounds fake. And I want to have like your classic outsmart the fairy king maneuver using like the fact that Toby isn't actually hers to have given away for instance because mm. you know that's that's you know her mother or her stepmother and father's uh kind of domain i guess although mm-hmm. part of the deal is that she is claiming him so it's removing from the it's only her half brother it's only her mother like stepmother's child to he's my brother so it's here's symbolic. the thing she entered that deal without legal representation present and oh, she's there you go. i like <laughs> that one well, she's just, underage. I want, I want <laughs> Angle just following something like that, just using pure cunning rather than just the rote repetition of lines from the play, because I feel like, you know, she's become her own person. And part of that is also going beyond the memorized conclusion of the play to something more. Because she's supposed to have grown as a person is all I'm getting at. And then that helps reinforce the putting away all the stuff at the end of the film there. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a straightforward th- uh, change there. But, like, I just want to have that full on, you know, boom, boom, boom. She is now, like, a different person than the beginning of the film. Like, uh, not only for the fact that she's kind of putting away childhood things, but also, like... She's kind of come into her own power, as it were. She also, is not uh, only be- uh, bested the labyrinth, she has also bested Jareth. She is, in fact, the superior Goblin King. Uh, she is the superior trickster. Yeah. When and that it, happens. Isn't that like a classic trope of mm-hmm. fairy stories where the protagonist outsmarts the fairies? Outsmarts or outperforms, case in point, Devil Went Down to Georgia. Yeah, just, yeah, just, it's something that, uh, is is common, and I would have loved to see that instead. Hmm. Or think... she could have just stabbed a a dude. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, stabbed a man. It's like damn. All right. It's like could it, she could have just done the first uh, approach? Like ah, I remember the line. You have no power over me. It's like well, guess what? I have magic. And then she's like, <laughs> well, guess what? I have an iron poker. Stab. <laughs> or that's not an iron or, poker. Oh, this is an iron. <laughs> Or, or, run up and just, uh, just, uh, kick him right in those extremely tight pants. <laughs> I was going to say right in his juggling balls. Um, <laughs> goddamn. And uh, the crystal shatters. Um, <laughs> the crystal shatters, uh, That's not a metaphor. would also be a v- very re- valid re- reading. Um, but yeah, that, again, straightforward yeah. thing for me. Not, uh, <laughs> Not gonna go, uh, paragraphs deep into, uh, wow. uh labyrinth analysis here. <laughs> uh, I, can I, I just, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I share a brief thing? Okay. It, it will actually be brief. Uh, part of the reason I know so much about, like, what the contents of the room and have figured out, like, the mother thing and so on, um, is because in my youth, I wanted to write a labyrinth 
X-Files crossover <laughs> where uh, Mulder's sister was not taken by uh, the aliens, but rather one night he said, I wish the goblins would come and take you away right now. Uh, and he is so incredibly traumatized by what happens afterwards that he does not go and get his fucking sister. Um, and so she is stuck there, much like Pippin's theory. And then only in adulthood does she show back up again um, to essentially you try to fix her own deal um, because she does end up replacing Jareth and she is now the Goblin Queen. And uh, oh, and then so she ends up stealing Mulder and then Scully has to go play the, the Sarah role and take, get him back again. I got like a couple of thousand words into it. And then because I was like 16, I stopped. But <laughs> I still have it. Yeah, Listeners, if you didn't get all the stuff about the mother and her acting career and the play, that's fine. Cat just went way too deep into it. That's how I roll. You're in uh, too you deep. Can watch this, <laughs> you can watch and enjoy this movie without any of that. Without any of that knowledge. I just think it's interesting and adds to the everything. There's probably a moral about writing in there somewhere. <laughs> the part where I couldn't finish it, that one? <laughs> no, about all the exposition bits that you don't actually need, but it's good to... Oh, test. that's true. Anyway. And now I'm going to drop a, a link into a chat of, of uh, the labyrinth with that's the uh, X-Files tag. Oh, no, I, I read all of them back in the day. But yes. <laughs> Dude, I want, I want to look at the competition. Anyway. Eight whole works. <laughs> you, <laughs> Listen, two cakes. Um, anyway, so that's my, that's my deal. I just wanted to share that. That's why, that's why I'm bringing all this extra bullshit and so on. Mm. Okay. Um, do we want to go into our usual games? Let's play a game. game. Let's see. Uh, we can do... One of us always tells the truth and one of us always always lies. lies. Uh, which... That would be a great game. we're thinking about the game. Uh, I'm mad at that scene because they're both giving exposition, but one of them always lies. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And I need to go back. Also, I'm worried that they actually did give the correct puzzle and that she did answer it right, but that doesn't fucking matter, does it? Because it's not her labyrinth. Also, I'm just saying, high-yield explosives would have solved that problem real quick. When I was a kid, I watched this movie and I didn't remember the whole story. I was very young. What I did remember was the absolute, like, fright and horror of the idea that when she marked the... The, the the tiles in the labyrinth, which was a smart idea, then the fucking Muppets would pop up and turn the arrows or remove them or something. And they were messing with aids to navigation. Yes. And when I was a child, I'm like, okay, when I get bigger and I'm allowed to have lipstick, <laughs> I will be very, I had plans. I will be very careful to mark more than one tile. So they'd, it would, they'd have to be really coordinated. And it occurs to me now as an adult, I'm like, well, Jesus, how do they know that I marked one of them? Obviously, there's something going on, like magic. They could probably just fucking change it anyway, regardless of however I plan to beat the system. Wait, but that says a lot about me as a child. Wait, wait, I have one more. Or change. Uh-huh. She brings a, she brings a ladder. <laughs> there we go. And just climbs over her uh, everything. Well, I mean, that's a valid. Change the fairy tale that you're in. Yeah. Um, you know, all right, fine. Then I have this ball of string. Gonna lead me to the center of the labyrinth. Anyway. Anyway, game. Game. Uh, what about everything changed when the burst is attacked? We haven't played that in a while. Oh, we haven't. <laughs> Can you explain that game? It's the AU game. <gasps> is it? What's yes. the AU game, Pippin? 
We we make it an alternate universe because I love me some fan fiction tropes. Hell yeah. So College AU. <laughs> is, is that you skipping or are you trying to predict what I'm going to say? Both. I mean, if you're not going to say college AU, then I'll go for it. I was going to go coffee shop. Okay. So well, we knew that. Come on, Alex. You're doing a college AU now. Go. The labyrinth. It's a fucking library. Uh, wow. Ooh. Nice. And, yeah. Correct. And Jeff is, uh, the TA. Oh no. He's a, no, cre- he's a professor. Yeah. He's a creepy. He professors at sleepless students. <gasps> Who has office hours. But he always ha- doesn't have him in his office. He has him in that weird one locked room in the basement of the library. Time always seems to move. There are no faculty offices in the library. Step off. Uh- <laughs> no, I'm saying that he takes one of the conference rooms there. And nobody really understands why they just think it's his vibe. It's actually so he can like be inappropriate with students. So there. But- yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't think we'd allow that. <laughs> like you'd know. Uh, if someone's using our room, yeah, we are. Corrupt librarians. Uh, but- oh, what students do in the stacks. Oh, that we can't you. control. Fucking students. Fuck yeah. so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so what, Listen, libraries are hot, and I stand by that. <laughs> so what's the college equivalent of a Toby? I mean, freshmen. a lot of colleges... Freshmen, yeah. yeah. A lot of yeah. Co- colleges do have daycares. Oh, That's yeah. true. Could just be a straight-up baby. Yeah. Let, let's, let's look beyond our patriarchal bullshit past. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... Wait, so... Why does... So why does Professor Jareff take the baby? Who has eyes just like his. Oh. It's got my eyes. I mean, Sarah said she needed help with the baby. She does need help with the baby. It's a, um, so it's like getting kind of laid, uh, and like, I, I don't think I needed to say this, but I need to take, take the baby back. My parents are going to be real mad if I don't bring back the baby. <laughs> mm. You can have the baby back if you, uh, <clears throat> Solve my labyrinth. The hey. fu- the, and then she, she walked out and like, the fuck are, is this like a Halloween thing? It's like May. It's a May. <laughs> and then he May looks up and he's like, actually, uh, uh, the, the hammer is my penis. <laughs> wow. So anyway, my coffee shop here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, OVS, rival coffee shops. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, Sarah's parents, uh, run one. Jareth runs another across town. You know, uh, her parents are, is the nice, you know, normal, reliable one. His is sort of the weird one. Uh, that's only really in business because it's also closest to the campus. Hell yeah. Uh, and keeps odd hours. Keeps odd hours, really difficult to find. Uh, hmm. but does, it's, it's vibe is weird, but interesting. Uh, I've been to that coffee shop. Yeah. It was my favorite uh, one. Some of the employees, super interesting. Ludo, a fucking sweetheart. A lot of hair, but it's an Annette, it's fine. Um, play, when Ludo's playing, there's a lot of soft rock playing. Um, you really, you really, you walked that far for that, huh? Yeah, yeah, I did. It was a great joke. No, oh my god, I just got it. <laughs> right to the moon. This is why my friends try to throw me in pun jail. Um, <laughs> It got to the point where other people made puns. I went to jail. That only encouraged me. And, um, and, and I live here. <laughs> I make all the puns. He makes puns. I get sent to jail. Um, but yeah. And at one point, Sarah is mad at her parents because, you know, parents. Uh, uh, and so. Seems legit. 
Jareth is all like, hey, you could come work at my place. Uh, she really likes the employees. There are hijinks. She gets them to all work at her parents' place. They get to expand. They win. <laughs> nice. That's it. That's the story. That's the story? Yeah. Neat. Uh, I'm going to go with an unusual one. You ready for this? Uh-huh. Uh, everyone can shapeshift. <laughs> everyone. And not just in the fucking wolves, just everyone's a shifter. Jareth, obviously an owl. Yep. Uh, yep. All of her animal buddies and, and various goblin friends, all of them are other, like, other people um, in her real life. She herself has not figured out. Ever since her mother died, she has uh, been unable to get to her shift. Which is a be pretty great if it's another owl, to be honest, but like a different breed. Well, what? Uh, well, what creature solves mazes? Minotaurs. <laughs> there you go. She's a minotaur. No, you can't shift into that. That's a half thing. Uh, she's a bull. She's just fucking. <laughs> That'd be great, actually. But oh, oh, she's a rat. She's a white rat, which is also prey to an owl. You're right. There you but go. Rats True. are pretty. Rats are pretty great because rats um, are also themselves predators, and so sometimes they do not get the memo that other things consider them prey. <laughs> uh, which is why you get really <laughs> funny shit of a like. We, I, I used to have rats, um, and we had a pet cat, and the cat one time, you know, came stalking up to the cage uh, where the rat was, and the rat's just fucking chilling, and we're like, oh, we gotta stop this, and the rat just pokes his head out, licks the cat on the nose, the cat. Freaks the fuck out, hits the ceiling, runs. Mm. I like how the predators fuck around. Somebody finds out. <laughs> yeah, no, rats have no fucking clue that they're prey. Um, Bless. But we know. So, uh, yeah, so she's a rat, solves mazes, but she has lost her shape uh, because, uh, since her mother died. Uh, which would be, which is fucking unfortunate because it could be real handy now. I uh, like it's really close to being a demon, AU. Well, actually, oh my God, wait, that's what the goblins are. Um, they are people who uh, did not uh, uh, who whose shifts have been corrupted somehow, and that's what's going to happen to her brother. Mm. Yeah, if she doesn't rescue him, that's my AU. And right. I do like demon and angel AUs, but good call. Yeah. So, I was originally thinking like, oh, do like science fiction and Star Trek and all that, but then my brain just went to a weird B nine nine episode. <laughs> Go for it. Because there's a baby there now. And you just know that Boyle would totally have a <gasps> series of challenges for uh, <laughs> for Jake to solve because oh, he wished thinking, for the kid to be taken away. What? Oh, I was thinking Boyle would wish for the baby to get taken away because he doesn't have Jake's attention anymore. And it's a momentary ah. lapse. He's a great dad. Otherwise, he's a great you know, father, godfather. But it's a momentary lapse and he instantly regrets it. But you know what? Goblin King don't care about regrets, does he? Oh, I was going with realism, though, where he's kind of adopting the role of the Goblin King, because just imagining Boyle trying to do the contact juggling and failing every time. <laughs> See, that like would that. be amazing. That's really funny. So you're saying, uh, so you're adjusting a Halloween heist episode where the prize yes. is... is Jake's uh, baby? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amy in the background, and like, Amy, are you okay with this? And she's like, I'm the one who gave him the idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to pay for a sitter tonight. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, and then you, so he starts contact juggling. It's the running gag until in the end he's doing it perfectly, and then the p camera pans down, or rather cuts away, cuts back, but further uh, from Boyle, so you can see that he has actually hired a contact juggler to hide in a cape 
under a cape behind him. Yes. Which is how David Bowie did contact juggling. There was a fucking contact juggler just crouched in awkward positions over and over again. Yep. So yeah, uh, good job for that contact juggler. Many people would have wished to be him, right? Uh-huh. But yeah, yep, just a, a B99 Halloween heist episode with a labyrinth theme. I do like that. I think that. it could work. That would be amazing. That would be really good. Particularly since we already know from uh, from one of the other Halloween heists that when Boyle does costume work and character, he goes all in. Mm-hmm. So he would get into all the different costumes. He would sing. And you know uh, that so many other characters would be commenting, like, did he have to wear that tight pants? Yes. And also, Jake, no, Jake's watched Labyrinth, and he knows that he's Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, okay, I'll be okay with that one. <laughs> and then every once in a while you see him flick back his hair, which is not actually long. Yep. And which Jennifer Connelly does not do in this film, but she does have this beautiful flag of black hair that, like, is busy being beautiful and then... I give flashback to crushes. And so I would love if, if just body humor, physical humor of him, like just, I can imagine Andy Samberg being like, okay, for this episode, I have long, shining black hair. Uh, and then just embodying that truth. Bless. All right. How are keeps trying to dance with him, but he's like, no, I'm not doing that part. But they dance at the end. As the world falls down. Oh my God. Yeah. No, you, they dance at the end. I got you. Yeah. I follow you now. All right. Uh, <gasps> wait, wait. And who wins the game? Because, uh, just... We do. Oh, yeah, okay. Who? <laughs> oh, uh... <laughs> we all do. The audience does. Uh, I feel like in this case, you know what? This is actually slightly older. Uh, this is when, uh, uh, Mac is a, uh, Mac is the name of their baby, by the way. Uh, when Mac is a, uh, a toddler. So actually, he gets away. And the <laughs> episode ends with them all freaking out. The heist is a bust. They're all like, shit, where did he go? Um, and it turns out he has, in fact, found the real Cummerbund or whatever prize. He's found the, the lockbox that all the previous prizes are in. Um, and he's Aww. playing with it. Therefore, he himself is the winner. Hulk gets so, so mad. So mad. <laughs> Dumb the, luck. <laughs> the no clear, finesse. We're, we're establishing an age limit. And clearly, if this was going to be the case, Cheddar should have won years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, also, logically speaking, I think they determined that if you were part of any heist, if you were part of the winning of any heist, you the, you yourself also won the heist. And therefore, if he gets all of the prizes, does that mean that he has, in fact, won every single one? <laughs> yes. Thereby beating uh, out everybody. But how do you beat him next year because he doesn't have a pet? Anyway... They, oh, they start planning that right. in, like, the guys, credits roll. Guys, guys, guys. What? Let's... <laughs> We're planning a heist! <laughs> All right. Okay. That Is was, everyone done? That was the labyrinth. <laughs> that was, indeed, the labyrinth. There were some twists and turns. We got a bit lost along the way, but we found the center. Probably. Probably. Kind of. It was a of. metaphor. Wrapped in a simile. Uh, Wrapped in a taco. Jungle by, by uh, David Bowie. Oh, see, that's better. I was going to go eaten by David Bowie. Eh. Uh, yeah. Uh, as always, <laughs> as always, uh, if you have an idea or prompt to submit, head on over to nostoriesacred.com slash submission. Follow us on Twitter at nostoriesacred or send an email through contact at nostoriesacred.com. Your hosts have been Alex McDonald, Brendan McDonald, Pippin McDonald, and Catherine Crichton. Editing for this episode done by Brendan. 
Transcript done by Ashley DaCosta. Art by Jay Wolf. Show notes and transcript are available at nostoriesacred.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. And please rate, review, and subscribe to No Story is Sacred. You can also visit our Patreon page to support the show and get neat rewards at patreon.com slash nostoriesacred. See you next time when we actually revisit the topic of our very first episode. Because? Uh, because our next episode will be our hundredth episode, not counting the minisodes. Oh, God. Uh, so we are going to talk about, again, Star Trek Into Darkness. We're going to reboot that reboot, sons. What? what? And also it's a reflection on how we've grown and changed as a podcast and then our, how we've learned along the way. I've learned nothing. So until then, <laughs> there are going to be so start- many. There are going to be so many, many more tangents. <laughs> yeah, we were really. Remember in the beginning, we were really like on it. No, we I like were. how. I like how to demonstrate this point. You won't let me get to the last <laughs> fucking line. <laughs> until then, we're no story is sacred, and any story can be changed. I'm Pippin. I'm Alex. I'm Cat. And I'm Brendan. And we're No No Story Story is Sacred. Sacred.